Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. Amen. What a wonderful time we've been having in the presence of God with the word of God coming with accuracy and precision. We want to thank him for blessing us and we know our faith is anchored on him. Last week we learned about the promises of God looking for faith. When promise finds faith, there is manifestation. And I see God manifest in your life in this season in the name of Jesus. I see God show up. You are created for his glory. I see his glory manifest in your life. If you believe that, say a good amen. Now bring out your Bibles, your notebooks, and let's be ready to go this morning as God has got a word for us. I'm bringing a word captioned, called to manifest. What did I call it? Call to manifest. You should know there is a calling upon your life. There is a pool of God upon your life to manifest. You must manifest. You are created for manifestation. It's the design of God for you also to show up, to show up, to arrive, to get to the place called there in your life. To show up to fulfill the divine plan of God for your life. To show up at the center of God's will. Hallelujah. It is God's design. It is God's will. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to cajole you this morning. I'm telling you what is in the center of God's mind. I want you to announce to your world, announce to yourself, say it with confidence and great proclamation, I will show up. Oh, come on, say it one more time. I will show up. Put your name there for the I. Dio will show up. Praise God. You will manifest. Whether the devil likes it or not, you will manifest. You will manifest the glory of God, as he has said. He said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. He will show up. Hallelujah. And you will show up. Amen. You are welcome to your month of manifestation once again. And this is a season I know of an assurity that God will fulfill his promise to you. And as I'm speaking, I have a witness in my spirit. There is somebody under the sound of my voice this morning. Uh, the word of God to you is that you don't give up. Listen to me, it's not over until it's over. You don't give up. They might, yes, the pressure might be high. Circumstances and situations may not favor you. Lately, your boundary lines have not been falling on pleasant places. Lately, doors have been shut unto you. Lately, things have not been working the way they should work. You have looked at the promises of God, but everything that is happening around your life has been opposite. Listen to me. By the power of God's Spirit, I'm speaking to you today. Do not give up. God's word for you is not to quit. You are not a quitter. You are a winner. You are not a slow bearer. You are a fast runner. Are you listening to me? Because the word of God over your life is quick, it's sharp than any choice sword, piercing asunder every joint, soul, spirit, and marrow in the name of Jesus. God is saying that he has spoken unto you and it will come to pass. He's not a man that will lie. He's not the son of man that will repent. As he said, he will he not do it. As he spoken, will he not bring it to pass? Even when men say there is a casting down, you will say that it's a lifting up. God is saying, my promise to you will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. You are set to witness my glory, said the Lord of hosts. You will witness the glory of the Most High in the name of Jesus. God will show up for you. John 9, 40 says, if you believe, you 
we see the glory of God. Say to yourself, I believe. I will see the glory of God. If you believe that, shout a good amen. Every child of God has a calling on his or her life. There is a call upon your life. Whether you know it, you don't know it. Whether you believe it, you don't believe it. Nothing can change that. There is a call of God upon your life. By calling, I mean assignment. There is a purpose you are created for. There is a work that you are set out to do in this life. You are not just born as an addition to statistics. There is a call of God. There is an assignment of God. There is a purpose of God on the inside of you. Can I hear an amen this morning? This assignment has been encoded in your DNA. When God was carefully and wonderfully making you, according to Psalm 8, he says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He took out time to make sure you are created the way you are created. Your nose was in the right proportion. Your mouth in the right proportion. Listen to me, your legs were in the right proportion. Your nails were in the right proportion. Some people paint their nails, do everything to their nails to recreate and to revamp. There's nothing wrong in that, but I'm just saying that you are naturally beautiful. Come on, turn to your neighbor, say you are beautiful. Despite your mask that is on, I can still see the beauty of God all over you. Your ears were in the right shape. Your eyes were in the right shape. Your eyelashes were in the right place. Some people go and add more hair on the lashes. I say, what is this? You don't need this. You are, already, you are not a dilapidated building. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, give your neighbor high five from afar. And say that's you that's you you are fearfully and wonderfully made you don't need any renovation you are already well made hallelujah glory be to god in the highest and if you believe that say good amen hallelujah this assignment has been encoded in your dna everything about you has sharpened you for your assignment already now you must be aware of this assignment. It is for others, not just for your life. It is not just for you. It is for you to do to other people. When I say to other people, I'm saying that to your world. Where is your world? Your world of influence. If you're a student, is on campus. If you're a worker, is among your colleagues. If you're a career person, is among your professional body, your neighborhood, where you live, where you stay, around your world, everyone you come in contact with. God did not plant you anywhere for any reason. God planted you even in St. Catharines for a purpose, in Welland for a purpose, in the Niagara Peninsula for a purpose. God planted you where you are in the nations of the world for a purpose. Where you are in Mississauga, God planted you for a purpose. In Calgary right now, God planted you there for a purpose. In Detroit, God planted in the UK, God planted you there for a purpose. In the Southern Africa, Western Africa, Northern Africa, in the Island, God planted you there for a purpose. Come on, say, I'm a creation of purpose. I'm a creation of purpose. Say it like a minute. I am a miracle going somewhere to happen. There is something on the inside of me that my world needs. My world needs me. Come on, shout it. My world needs me. This world needs me. There is something on my inside to be dished out to my world. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. 
I am needed. I am created for a purpose. I am called to manifest. Say it to your neighbor, there is a calling upon my life. I am called to manifest that call in the name of Jesus. Now, we have a godly responsibility. Knowing that there is a manifestation that is there, in a, there is an assignment upon our life for our world. We need to show forth this assignment. We need to distribute this assignment. We need to offer this assignment on a platter for our world to come and partake and participate. Romans 8, 19 says it clearly. The whole creation is waiting for the manifestations of God. Manifestation of the sons of God. Why are they waiting for the manifestations of the sons? It's because it's only the sons that can manifest. Manifestation is not for children. Are you listening to me? Only the sons of God can manifest. That is why we shared in our previous series that you have a responsibility to grow. Because how you become a son is by growing from childhood. I told you the difference between a child and a son. A child, there is rejoicing. Even when Jesus was born, angels were sent to go and announce to the world, a child is born. But when the sonship arrived at the age of 30, when God himself confirmed him that this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, it was God that announced him. The difference between a child and a son is that the son is the pride of the father. Children are always a joy to the father, but the pride of the father is the son. I say, may God make you a son today in the name of Jesus. So to move to sonship, like I told you, sonship is not about gender, it's not gender related. Sonship is talking about the heels. In our spirit man, there is no gender. It's your spirit man to grow into sonship. There is no gender, there's no male or female in your spirit. It's in our body we differentiate. Praise God. So in our spirit, for our spirit, for us to become uh, what I would call heroes of God is for us to grow. Now, we went through that in the past two weeks, talking about growth. We looked at the life of Jesus. We looked at the life of John the Baptist, Luke 140, Luke 180, sorry, Luke 240. There were two similarities between them. The first thing was that they are two people with a great destiny. The first thing was that, number one, they both grew. They grew. Everybody say growth. And that's one thing you need to do. You must be tenacious about your growing. We talked about that in the last two weeks. I'm not going to go over that. You will not be under. Because the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, that is the implication or what will happen to you when you don't grow. When you don't grow, the scripture says you will be put under. You will be put under tutors. You'll be put under uh, instructors. You'll be put under. And the, your position, covenantly speaking, is not to be put under. The Bible says you shall be above only. Not above today, under tomorrow. You shall be above only and never beneath. That's your covenant position. To be above how? 
only. But the Bible says if you don't grow, according to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, you'll be put under. I speak over your life this morning. You will no longer be under in the name of Jesus. You will grow in the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor you will grow in the name of Jesus. Praise God. The next thing, please put there Luke 180. Talking about John the Baptist. The next thing that happened is that after growing, and he said the child grew, that's the first thing, and worked strong where? In spirit. That's your second responsibility in manifestation. You need to work strong in spirit. Born again Christians all over the world, in this part of eternity, have what you call regenerated spirit. Their spirit has been recreated. Their spirit has become new when they gave their lives to Christ. But that is where it stops. And that is where most Christians are. The question is, is this. Is that spirit strong or is it a weak spirit? It's a regenerated spirit, quite all right. But is it strong or is it weak? We are talking of manifestation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only people with strong in spirit that will see manifestation. See, at the, at the end of the day, and was in the desert until the day of showing unto Israel. This word showing, in the New King James, it says manifestation to Israel. He showed up. He showed up, but this is what he first did. He grew, first of all. After growing, he was strong in spirit. And this is where we are going this morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to fulfill your calling to manifest, then get ready to be strong in your spirit, man. You must be intentional about this. This is not what you play by accident. This is not what happens to you by accident. This is not what happens to you because uh, you feel like. It must be intentional. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. It's not an advice. It's a command. You need to be strong. You can't afford to run life with a weak spirit. A weak spirit cannot deliver destiny. A weak spirit cannot deliver calling. A weak spirit cannot have a fulfilled spiritual life. So, you need to be strong. Everybody say strong. The same way you train your body to be strong. People who have well-shaped and built body, you discover that they are intentional. They are intentional about it. They must go to the gym certain, and spend certain hours in a week. There are some foods they stay away from, and so on. And when people see them show up, they say, wow, what a great shape. What a great body. Well, especially people who have muscles in their hands. They say, whoa, what great muscle. I don't want to go to six-pack today. Amen? Did I say six-pack? I've said it already. Okay. Praise God. You see them? They... But when you see how they train, muscles can be trained. The body can be trained. Praise God. 
When you do something consistently for 21 days, you find that it becomes a habit. If you don't shake away from it. Oh, I don't like waking up early in the morning. You try it. 5 a.m. every day for 21 days, your body will regulate itself. 5 a.m., whether alarm goes on or off, you wake up. That's power of consistency. So you need to train your spirit likewise. The body can be trained and you see results. There is nothing in this life that can't be trained. I've not been there. Whether you believe it or not, I've lived in this region for almost 20 years. I've not been there. The marine land. You know where marine land is? Uh -huh. You see dolphins. They have trained them to dance. It's training. Training. Praise God. Training. Nothing in this world that can be trained. When you give your spirit to training, you discover. When you give it to discipline, when you subject your spirit to discipline and godliness, godly exercises, spiritual exercises, you will make your spirit strong and sharp and sensitive. Ready to fulfill destiny. Ready to manifest. When God wants to communicate to you, he only communicates through your spirit. If your spirit is not in the right shape and format, you discover the assignment he wants to give to you, he can't give it to you. Praise God. Proverbs 24 verse 10. It says if you faint in the days of adversity, it means your strength is small. No capacity to deliver. This is the state you find many Christians. The capacity of their spiritual work cannot deliver the manifestation the world is waiting for. The capacity is so small, it's too little. You can't carry what it takes. And that is why I'm admonishing you this morning to make a change in the pattern of your life. Be intentional to become strong. If you are already strong, to become stronger in the spirit. Psalm 78 verse 9 says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. That is, they thought they were strong. But when battle started, they turned back. They turned back in the day of battle. May you not turn back to your enemy. Because in the weapons of our warfare, only one part of us does not have a covering. It's our back. It's our back. When we turn our back, we expose that part that is not covered to the enemy. And we can easily be stabbed. That's why the word of God says, woe is unto the man that puts his hand on the plow and does what? And turns back. Why? There's no covering for the back. Amen? Amen? So quickly, I want to talk to you this morning. How do I work strong in spirit? Pastor, we've heard you. We need to be strong in our spirit. How do I do this? Number one, some of it I've shared with you in the past ones, but I'll go quickly to the one that is of most significant today. Number one, spend protracted time from time to time praying in the presence of God. Morning, evening, night. Develop what I call conversational prayer. It's not until you say, let us pray, and you become very serious that you are praying. There is also conversational prayer. That is, you are talking to God every time. You are talk it's a habit you build. 
You build the consciousness of God around you. Praise God. What did I call it? It's a ha habit. And you have to what? Develop it. What did I call it? Conversational prayer. It's not only when you, so, sometimes some of us, once we finish morning devotion, we forget about God until the next morning. No. You must cultivate the habit of talking regularly to God. Regularly to God. Regularly to God. And as you are doing that, it will be talking and listening. Talking and listening. Talking and listening. I'll still teach that further. Of how you can sit down in a place. For 30 minutes, you won't hear anything from God. But you are serious-minded. If you are wise, you put a paper beside you. I've taught this before. A paper beside you and a pen. That's you want to hear from God. You want to hear from God. The Bible says they that wait on him will renew their strength. You learn the art of waiting for God to speak to you. This is power. You can't practice what I'm teaching you now and your life won't change. Drastically. Because the one that hears from heaven is different. You are not on the same level with ordinary men. Praise God. But don't just know it, practice it. That's where I'm going today. Conversational praying. There are all manner of prayers. There's intercession, there's supplication, and so on. But practice conversational praying. Very good for you. Number two, spend time fasting. Don't only go for corporate fast. Personal fasting is good. You'll find three days fast in the Bible, seven days fast in the Bible, 21 days fasting in the Bible, 40 days fasting in the Bible. You can pick one. Two things are important in fasting. Number one, the purpose must be declared when you start. Why am I fasting? Just to fast. No. Why am I fasting? There's a purpose. I want to increase my spiritual work with God. That's the purpose. I'm fasting because of my children. They are soon going to become teenagers. I don't want to have teenage trouble. I want to clear everything spiritually for them. Praise God. I'm fasting for my children. I want them to have a personal relationship with God. I'm fasting for my marriage. I see issues in our lineage. This auntie is divorced. That uncle is divorced. This auntie, ah, there's a spirit hovering around this family line. Not my marriage. It's not coming for it. So there are reasons you fast. There was a lady in this church. I've shared her testimony several times. This lady fasted a whole year. 365 days. Why? She said God just has to show up. She laid a demand on the faithfulness of God that it must show up. Of course. God showed up for her. In fact, her testimony is so amazing. One day I'm still going to ask her to come and give the testimony publicly. It was so amazing that that kind of person, you cannot tell her God doesn't exist. She fasted and God turned everything in her life around. People she never knew, she never met. She thought, in fact, if not that she knew that, look, this one has an existing address, she could have claimed that this one is an angel. 
you have to be an angel to step into the terrain of my life. She was in a far country. The person paid her school fees. The person sent her here. Paid school fees directly to the, to the school. That is God. Amen? You want some drastic things to shift in your life? You've got to be strong in your spirit. Now, this, has, this experience shaped this lady's faith to the point that <laughs> there's nothing she can't believe God for. Because she has seen God. She's not story. It's not what she's reading in the scriptures. She has experienced it live and direct. You need experiences like that in your life. So that you can keep on moving. Because you see, manifestation, I'm going to talk about in th that in the second service. And please, what I'm preaching in the second service, listen to it on Spotify if you are not waiting for it. You are going to see how manifestation is necessary because it must destroy the previous level. If you want to go higher, you need to manifest. Manifestation destroys the previous level so that you can go to a higher level. Glory be to God. Amen. The purpose must be clear. Is it your husband you are fasting for to be a better husband? Is it your sick child? Is it your work? Is it your academics? Is it direction in life? Whatever it is, you name it. The second thing is now to gather scriptures that guarantee the promises. And that's what the promise is now looking for. It's looking for your faith. And that puts it in order. Jesus Christ said this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. There are levels you can't get to unless you fast, ladies and gentlemen. Don't hate fasting because it makes you hungry. If you don't fast now and be hungry, you will be angry later. Praise God. Praise God. A friend of mine for seven years had no child. It was this prayer and fasting too. Amen? Glory be to God. We are talking about manifestation. Waxing strong in the spirit. Those two first two points, we have shared it relatively in the previous messages. But this one is what we have not shared. Number three, cooking the fire. You know, he said, number three, is a point. Cooking the fire of the Holy Ghost. You know, John the Baptist said, the one that is coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There is a fire dimension of a spirit that you should engage in your life from time to time. This fire dimension makes you strong and work strong. Praise God. How do you cook the fire? You stay in a protracted time fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I love this and I can say this boldly. One of the secrets of our royal voices is this thing I'm saying. I was with one of the ministers yesterday chatting. I said, you see, this is it. It's not that they have fantastic voices. Even those, their voices are fantastic. Praise God. But they carry the presence. I said, this is the secret. Praise God. For about an hour, they were just in the Holy Ghost. Fellowshipping. Trusting God, this they can do it for hours. You must learn how to fellowship in the Spirit. It's different from praying. 
is different from fasting. It could be done in addition to, but it's different. This is the time you just soak yourself in the presence. You soak yourself in the manifestation of the spirit. People know about it, but it's not practiced regularly. You should give yourself over to the practice of it. Where you spend quality time with the Holy Ghost, fellowshipping. How do you do this? Ephesians 5. Let's go to Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18 and you will continue. All right? Put it on the screen and I'm going to explain it. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This is it. It's an infilling. It comes, it's like the Holy Spirit pouring himself all over you. I call it soaking. You are just soaking. It's just, can you imagine the water of Niagara Falls falling down and you are just under that water? Not as heavy as that. Amen. But you are under that water and it's pouring over you. Pouring over you. Pouring over you. For hours you are there. You are just wet. Soaking. And it's the power of God. You see, your spirit can never be the same. You live that kind of experience. Oh, your faith will be a thousand times more. You are looking for the wall to just bang your head into the wall and cross to the other side that you are unstoppable. Praise God. That's the time when you come, you are soaked in the anointing that words you speak at that time. Oh, they are like bulldozers going over a wall or a building. Praise God. But until you get there, tell somebody I'm going there. I'm going there and I will stay there. Praise God. He said, and be not drunk in wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19. Go to 19. Just keep on going until I ask you to stop. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves. This is where you start. Speaking to yourselves. In what? In psalms and hymns. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. I will not be moved. Even when the enemy came, they tried. They wanted to eat my flesh. The Bible says they stumbled and fell. That's speaking to yourself. You're speaking to yourself in psalm. Uh, hymns. Hymns. Start singing hymns. Some people have lost the art of hymns. That's one of the reasons we don't want to take it away from this church. You see, in the second service, we sing hymns every time. You should know hymns. You should speak hymns. You should sing hymns. Praise God. Some of the music these days, you have to even listen very well. Is it talking gospel? Is it gospel? You are trying to look for Jesus. There's no Jesus there. You are trying to look for other things that are scriptural. It's not there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Amen. Hymns. Rock of ages. Cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You can sing that one for about an hour. Just going on on hymns. You, in that session, you will enter into a realm you think angels are just surrounding you. You see, all these experiences, I can tell you. I can share them, but you won't have them until you do them and practice them. I'm asking you to go and practice this. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. What are spiritual songs? They are songs of the spirit. You just make melody. You, 
evil says it there. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You just stay in the atmosphere of God's presence. Practice this regularly. I call it soaking. Amen. Protracted time. Just stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, this thing, and I'm, I'm so glad when I, I, I'm glad when God gave me the privilege to taste this and how God ended it. I said, God, you're too much. If you didn't end this thing like this. Now, let, let's go on. See. Melody in your heart to the Lord. Go on. Verse 20. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, after you're doing all this, you just keep on giving thanks. Thank you, thank you. Yeah? Go on, 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Did you see that? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I said, I love the way God ended this. Because, you see, those three parts in the beginning, when you practice it, when you come out of your room, oh my God, you will be in another cloud. I tell you, all of, a pride, a level of pride will enter. Say, look at this, just human beings. <laughs> we, are, we have been talking to God since, look at them. What, what do they know? I'm telling you, that's how you feel. You come to church on Sunday, the ushers will say, oh, can you please sit here? Say, God showed me this morning where I'm sitting. <laughs> Did you see God this morning? Say, go and sit down. Submitting yourselves. Even after that cloud experience, submitting yourselves to what? To one another. It still says, be humble, brother. Be humble, sister. Because even while somebody is trying to be friends with you, you say, this one, this prayer life is weak. Can't talk to us. Praise God. Can't talk to us. I'm telling you, the experience is different because God will start showing you things. You have visions. You, you, have, you have things. You just have those wild experiences of the Holy Ghost. You will be well informed, equipped. And you start looking at every other person as if they don't know God. They're just making noise in church. They don't know God. We've seen him face to face. Even though he didn't show you face to face, you exaggerate again. Praise God. Are you blessed this morning? Tell somebody I'm going for it. Tell somebody I'm going for it. Let me just give you some extra before we close today. You still want extra? Don't want it, tell me you don't want it, and I'll give up. You want extra. Okay. Okay. You see, I told you about the call, and you have to manifest the call. I've told you how to be strong, things you should practice. Now, I just want to say four things about the call. What the call of God is. Number one, the call of God is a call to walk in us and walk on us. Walk in us and walk on us. Philippians 1 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who started a good work in us will do what? He started a good work in us, 
will do what? Will bring you. It will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Number two, the call of God is a call to war with Satan and his hosts. The devil does not like it. But this call of God puts a check on his life and we push back on him. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it's against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in our places. The call of God, number three, is a call to walk for God. You are walking for God. Walk, W-O-R-K. It makes laziness an offense. When you have a call upon your life, there's nothing like laziness. Ban laziness from your territory. Be lazy. What are you doing this morning? Sleeping in. Ah, sleeping in. Doing what? Number four, what is the call of God? Well, I mean, what the call of God is, it's a call to walk with God. W-A-L-K. In number three, I say it's the call of God. It's a call to walk for God. W-O-R-K. A call of God, number four, is a, a call to walk with God. W-A-L-K. Not just walk, but to walk. Praise God. Put down these references because of our time. Genesis 17.1. Genesis 4.40. Amos 3 3, he said, Can a man walk with God except be agreed? Can two walk together, sorry, except they be agreed? 1 John 1 6. Psalm 84, verse 11. The Lord is a sun and shield. No good thing will it be told from there that walk uprightly. 2 Corinthians 5 17. And Proverbs 21 28. That's extra. Go and meditate on those things, and the Lord will bring blessing to you, Selah. Have you been blessed this morning? Why don't you rise up on your feet like a champion? Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and our Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.